morning, everyone. This is Kathy Mason from Mason Works Marketing here on Conscious Business Zone with one of my favorite people in the whole world, Victoria Reynolds. Hi, Victoria. Hi, Kathy. So oh, good to see you. Yeah. So, you guys, if you don't know Victoria, you want to. She is a amazing, amazing um, illuminary spiritual guide teacher. She's an oracle of freedom. She is a broadcaster and now a filmmaker. And uh, she and I have been friends, I guess, over 10 years now, um, maybe more. And uh, we we're, we're, we're love being together. We love each other's energy. Um, and what you're going to hear today is a way that you can transcend your fear and get out of your story and get into what you really came here to do, right? Absolutely. And it's actually not getting out of your story because we all have a story for a reason. Oh. As a soul, we incarnated in and, and have this life plan, as I refer to it. You know, we talk about, um, you know, those of us who are moms, maybe we go to the hospital with a birth plan. And it's really funny because the birth plan pretty much never <laughs> goes according to plan. <laughs> and so when we incarnate into human form, we, our soul, we create a life plan. And, and so when it feels like things aren't going according to plan, it, they still kind of are. We have our expectations of how we want things to play out. But as a soul, we've created experiences. There are experiences we want to have. And there are people we want to reconnect with. So if you imagine before incarnating into these particular avatars, we said to our friends, hey, when we get down there, let's uh, let's hook up, let's find each other. And so that's part of the, the conundrum, the challenge as well. The, this is, you know, the great human experience is one of the most difficult experiences in the universe. If you think of it like a video game, it is a really, really difficult game to play. And that our souls knew that as we incarnated into these avatars, that it was going to be a challenge. The greatest challenge, of course, is to see if we can find the loving truth of who we are within the fear, because we have been living in a fear-based reality for many thousands of years. And to see if we can remember how to find our light within the darkness. And so many people say, oh, I hate this earth experience. I hate the darkness. I hate the people that are causing the darkness. I, you know, they don't even realize that in feeding those energies into the darkness, they're actually propagating it. And so one of the most difficult things to do is to learn how to look at our story. And our story was part of the our life plan, right? We We planned who our parents were going to be. And we planned what community or what, in my case, I was born into this um, fundamentalist polygamous doomsday cult in Montana. And I remember when I was a little girl being told that God had put me there and God had chosen my plant, my parents and God had chosen because I was one of God's most chosen children, had chosen me to live in this environment. And uh, I talk about egotistical, right? Thinking that, that we were more chosen than anyone else. And so I remember thinking when I was little that God was just this mean, scary man like my dad and, and how horrible he was for putting me in this environment I grew up into. And then I realized one day about 10 years ago that I put myself there. 
I wrote a game plan for myself, a life plan of what family I wanted to be born into because I knew they would give me the experiences I wanted to experience, the environment that I was born into because I knew it was going to give me the experiences I needed to experience. So we have an overall life plan, our soul's purpose for this particular incarnation. So for me to be able to be of the highest purpose I'm here to be, which is in service to humanity, I had to be born into an environment that cultivated all the lessons I needed to learn in order to be who I'm here to be. So it isn't about getting past our story. It's about looking at our story and transmuting it and digging into it and finding the gems, the learning lessons, the gifts of the story. And this, we all have really a heroic story. It's interesting because I'm working on a, on a film project right now with a longtime friend of mine, Joseph Jacks. We met, like you, Kathy, we met about 10, well, maybe longer. I think I met him in 2011. And we've kept in touch over the years. But in the last year, we we talk almost every day because we're working on a film project together. And he's the one that introduced me to the hero's journey story formula. And a lot of stories in the film industry, a lot of people don't realize there are only basically six storylines that are used in the film industry. So all the heroic stories that we have about Star Wars and the the superhero movies, they all follow the same formula. That's the hero's journey formula. And if we can look at our stories from the hero's journey perspective, um, it's actually, I, I'm actually working on a different story formula that I got the guidance about 10 years ago to write. And I'm, I'm fine tuning that right now with the assistance of, you know, um, Yeshua, the greatest teacher our planet has ever known. Um, master teacher issue, as I call him. And so he works with me with forwarding a lot of the the information he wants humanity to know and understand. And so I've been working with him on what I call the master's journey formula, which is a little bit different than the hero's journey. And there's also a heroine's journey. So when we're looking back at our life stories, as painful as they may be, understand that they exist for us to learn through, to transmute all of the suffering to our experiences and transform them into lessons, um, turn them from victim stories to hero stories. And this is how we transcend fear. This is how we transcend our old fear-based reality. And actually, this ascension that everybody's talking about, and it's so funny because it's like the, the new intern, which I find hysterical because it's a term people have been talking about for about 2000 years. There's nothing new age about it. And there's nothing Christian about it. It's nothing, it's, it is an elevation in the awareness and consciousness of humanity. And we're about the third generation in. It started in the 1960s, and we're now about halfway through the ascension process as a collective of humanity. And the way we speed the collective process for humanity is if we do it for ourselves. We process our own stories. And that's really what my book, Transcending Fear, is about, is my own process, the process my higher self gave me to work through my suffering stories. It's... Um, Actually, the second edition, my first edition was published in 2012. And then, Kathy, you published my newest edition just about six months ago. 
and I'm actually doing a a big launch party in a couple of weeks in uh, based in Florida. So that's going to be really really fun. We have we have um, it's at a um, an art show. It's in an art gallery. And thank you, Kath. Yes, that is my new book. That's my newest book, Transcending Fear. And it is the it is the process I was given by spirit to transmute my own story and learn how to love even the most painful parts of my story. And that allows me then to teach through that, to no longer have any attachments to my suffering experiences. And, and every person has that capacity. We might call it shadow work. I call it the transcendence process. And it's really about learning how to transmute all of our beliefs about our story. So it isn't about getting out of our story. It's about Ooh, here's a really good visual that's coming in. I, uh, I tend to channel while I'm speaking. And so the visual I'm getting is that when we look at our story, it's like unpacking all of our baggage, right? So we take our suitcases of all of our baggage and we open them up and we put it out on the buffet of experiences on this buffet table. And so then what we get to do is we get to repack our bags and decide what treasures we're going to take with us. The rest of the story we can pack back away and not drag around with us. So the only thing we take with us after we transcend our story are the gems that we've learned from the experience. This is how we learn to love our stories, our individual pain stories and our collective pain story. This is how we learn to love our old stories of victim, blame, anger, resentment, judgment, and all of those, and those are all fear-based beliefs. Those are all fear-based emotions. Those are the almost the fallback because we've been living in a fear-based reality. We're going to judge everything first through the eyes of fear. But the more we process our story and the more we work through it and start rising above it into a higher understanding, then we learn how to see everything through the eyes of love. And we can actually learn how to love our deepest, darkest stories personally and collectively. And when we choose to no longer see ourselves as victims of the story, and we actually can start to see ourselves as the protagonist of our own story, as the hero of our own story. And everyone else in the story is a player. Yeah. Just us as the protagonist of our story to be able to step into that that heroic um, ending, if you will, that heroic process. And so once we learn how to do this with our own personal story, then we have the capacity to change the entire human story so that it just becomes the human backstory, just as our painful stories of whatever has occurred in our lifetime is part of our backstory. We all have one. And then we can start to see all of the suffering of the human experience is part of the human backstory. If you think about the humanity experience as a heroic journey in itself, how can we take all those stories of pain and suffering and victimization and transmute them into learning lessons so we no longer repeat the mistakes of the past? You know, I was talking to someone a couple of days ago and they said, well, you know, history repeats itself. And so history is repeating itself again. And I said, not necessarily. History only repeats itself until we learn the lessons and rise above them. 
Mm. So just as our personal experiences are opportunities for learning and our history doesn't have to repeat itself, we don't have to marry the same narcissistic husband over and over and over again. We don't have to have the same abusive relationship over and over and over again as so many people do. We Once you learn the lessons from your pain story, you never again have to repeat the lesson. And this can even be through past lifetimes. If we have back, you know, backstories from previous lifetimes, if we go into forgiveness and understanding and learn the gems from those stories, then we don't repeat them again. This is part of the karmic clearing we're all talking about. We have the ability in this lifetime to end all karmic cycles. So we never again have to repeat them. We get to change earth from a planet of learning through suffering to a planet of learning through joy. We get to change this planet from a planet of learning through fear to a planet of learning through love. And we do that by first learning how to love and transcend our own personal story. So Victoria, did you find that courage was a big part of this? Because I'm, I'm sensing that uh, many people are just starting their journey right now um, with the um, acceleration of the energy that's coming through with the uh, uh, solar flares. And you can, you can just feel everything speeding up so fast. And people are starting to become empathic and starting to um, be much more sensitive to the bigger picture than they were before. What what would you recommend for cur for them to have courage to take this journey? Because um, if you haven't done the work, if you've been in judgment and protecting yourself from the outside world, you almost have to change your worldview in order to be able to to fall in love with this <laughs> with with this um, experience. Exactly. And that's why I call it a process. Uh, but fortunately, what's interesting, when I wrote the first edition of Transcending Fear back in 2012, the guidance I got was that the, the work that it took me years to do in about 10 years, which is where we are now, it would happen much, much faster. And then there was a part of me, it was like, well, that's not fair <laughs> because it was so much work for it for us that went through it first. But we went through it first, we we awakened first so that we could teach others how to move through it because the awakening is now happening at lightning speed. And that uh, and the process is still the same, it's just that now people can move through the process a lot quicker. So you were asking about courage. But courage doesn't, it's interesting because we are actually born with it we would have never learned to walk if we didn't have courage. So when you look at an, a, a, a one-year-old, you know, 10, 11 months old, and they're just learning how to walk, they, they do. They don't try it once and never do it again because courage is actually built into the human experience. It is an energy of the heart. It actually comes from love. So all of us are born as loving beings and we learn fear as we experience a human experience because it is fear-based. Um, and, and 
all of that love we come in of starts to get downgraded because of the fear. So we all have courage. It's borderless. We, it's just a matter of reawakening it. Now, what I've found is in order to get to courage, the first place we need to go through is, is confidence. So mm -hmm. that's one of the things I'm seeing right now with humanity, because we are going through another um, breakdown before the breakthrough. It's a, you know, a butterfly doesn't become a butterfly without first dissolving into nothing and then it has to rebuild itself. So we're having this massive awakening that's happening with humanity, which is fantastic because it's it's the caterpillar going into the cocoon, cocoon and breaking down and rebecoming who we were always meant to be. But part of that is a lot of people are losing confidence, confidence in themselves and confidence in the systems and confidence in in everything because we're watching the breakdown of everything we know. The more we wake up, the more we see this breakdown happening. And that can be very scary. So rather than trying to make the leap from fear to courage, it's easier to go through the process of first finding confidence. Okay. And confidence is something that builds as you move up that spiritual spiral. It builds from hopelessness at the very bottom of the, the pit of despair of fear. Um, that's where you have hate and resentment and anger. And, and actually anger is a completely different thing. It can actually be used for love. It's a, it's an interesting energy. So that's where you have resentment and hatred and blame and guilt and shame and hopelessness. All of that's in the bottom of this pit of fear. And so as we have an awakening experience, we start then moving up the spiritual spiral. And the the best place to begin that process is with gratitude. That's why the first chapter of my book is about gratitude and how powerful gratitude is one of the most powerful forces in the universe. It has the ability to transmute everything in its path. And so um, if you're if you're trying to get to courage, you first go through building those layers of confidence and that's that relationship with yourself of confidence in yourself, the you know, and confidence once you have confidence in yourself you begin to have confidence in the divine being that you eventually discover yourself to be then you're you're no longer concerned about what the outside world looks like because you can walk through the outside world and know that you are untouchable and and as that confidence raises the more you let go of fear-based beliefs the higher the confidence raises until eventually you get to the place where i have gotten to. I told myself at the beginning of 2023, I wanted to live my life completely free of fear. And so I had to let go of pretty much everything in order to get to the place of being completely free of fear. And when you're in complete, uh, you know, fearlessness is fearlessness. Mm -hmm. So getting to the place of absolute courage and absolute knowing requires less and less and less fear. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. I also have to say I've watched you at, during this whole transition, and it's amazing to see um, the capacity that you have to connect up and bring in incre incredible wisdom and divine light for so many people. Um, so you're such a, a gift, beautiful inside and out. 
And I want to say that, but I also want to say that um, what I've learned from you is trust because I'm watching you do this. It's not just fearlessness. You totally trust your connection with source and the divine beings that are working with you and your, um, your trust manifests everything in your life. Um, that's another skill that a lot of us need to learn. Could you talk a little bit? Well, first I wanna um, put that Bonnie Bird has been putting wonderful comments all along and she put, the change begins within the heart once you release the fear and sadness, you begin to see the world through the love of God. Is that nice? Yes, Thanks, lovely, yes. Bonnie. Thanks, yeah. Bonnie. And uh, Tristan's here and says, love your family of light. <laughs> so so I just want to share that. But would you talk a little bit about trust? Because I think, again, that's another um, aspect of all of this that would really help people as they're watching the chaos, watching the, um, the uh, disruption of what they thought was reality, Right. during this change they the, trust is really important as a guiding uh, as a compass you know it really is and one of the things i've discovered over the years is that self-trust it's never really taught and so it's one of the hardest things to begin to grasp because we we're taught how to trust everyone outside of ourselves but not how to trust ourselves. Right. And so this is a, it's a skill that you learn to cultivate. So one of the things just as a really, really simple explanation, when I talked about hopelessness on the bottom of despair, you have your, your layers of getting to the space where you live your life completely free of fear. And so you have hope. There's first there's hopelessness, right? And then there's hope. And a lot of people get stuck in hope. Um, I remember hearing about 10 years ago, there were actually people that were bad mouthing hope, like it was a horrible thing. Just, of course, it's ridiculous. But what happens is a lot of people get stuck in hope. So you have hopelessness and then you have this spark of hope and hope has the ability to spark you up that spiritual spiral. And as long as you don't stay stuck in that. So there's that you're no longer in complete hopelessness. Now you've had the spark of divine hope it sparks new life into you. But what happens is people get stuck at, I hope. I hope things get better. I hope my life turns out. I hope the economy doesn't fall apart. I hope we get a better president. I hope, right? So they get stuck in hope and don't move beyond that. And and when you live your life just in hope, it doesn't actually, it, it's kind of like a stalemate. It doesn't actually create forward progress. It keeps you from falling back into despair, but it doesn't, it, um, it opens up the potential for fearlessness. So above hope is faith. And I'm actually working on a, an acronym for faith because I'm, I'm going to do some interviews, but I haven't quite figured out what it is, but it's like fearlessness and in, inspiration and um, thoughtfulness and harmony. So 
I, I think maybe this is a place where people come up with their own acronym for faith. There's a misperception that faith is a religious thing. It's it's not at all. It's just that religion kind of hijacked it and tried to own it for itself. And but faith is really about fearlessness within yourself and having faith in yourself and having faith in the process and having faith in the, the truth that there are no mistakes. All of it is part of your personal divine plan and a, a, a plan for the human experience. So I want to actually go back to plan for a second. So, you know, all of our religiosities talk about God's plan. Well, the masculine aspect of God, creator, source, divine love creates the plans and strategizing and the doing and the action. The, the feminine part, mother, creator aspect of source God is the loving, nurturing, growing, creative part of the of our universal experience it's just that the mother aspect of creator has been our basically our patriarchy's acted like mama creator doesn't exist so because of that humanity is kind of stuck um they got stuck as far as faith in their religion but can't get past that because religion has set itself up as a middleman between humanity and the creator and so we we need to embrace the concept of faith, but embrace it as a concept of self-faith, faith in ourselves, faith in our families, faith in the in the team of light that's working with us, faith in the in the divine, understanding that divine love through us makes all things possible. God works through each of us in our faith in ourselves as divine creators. And so um, when we start having faith in ourselves, that's when confidence starts showing up again because confidence and faith go hand in hand. They're basically another, confidence really is kind of another word for faith. But then people can also get stuck in faith. So there's um, hope, then there's faith. I have faith in myself. I have faith in my family. I have faith that God's going to come and rescue me. I have faith in the, the prince on the white horse that's going to come to the rescue. So, But a lot of times people think of faith as something that's external. If we can take faith and turn it internal, then it can start to transform our story. Above faith is trust. And when you get to trust, it dissipates doubt. So doubt is like the opposite of trust. When we get to trust, it's like, I have no doubt that life is working for me. I live my life free of doubt. Doubt is the, is the killer of dreams. So it doesn't matter how big and how wonderful your dreams, if you feed doubt to it, it will kill it. It is a disease on the field of creation. And so that's why it's really, really important that you don't share your dreams with people who might also feed you their doubt because their doubt can actually kill your dreams too. So when you go into trust, I trust that all my needs are met. I trust that I am on the right path and I am being guided, directed, and protected. I trust that all my needs are met. I trust that I am being supported by the universe. And when you get to that space of trust, it, life becomes really beautiful. And you're, there's no longer a fear of making mistakes. 
of course, the entire concept of sin completely disappears because you just understand that what religions have called sin is actually just a, a actually really just means mistake. It's like shooting the arrow and you don't miss the, you miss the target the first time you get to do a retake. Um, so we make mistakes and then we get to redo, retake. And when you get to trust, there's no longer fear of making a mistake because you know, whenever you shoot the arrow, it's going exactly where it was always meant to go. And you live your life in complete trust that you're on the path that you set forward for yourself and that um, everything you need is actually on the path as you go. And it's, and, and, and it doesn't mean that life becomes perfect because shift happens in every person's life. And, and sometimes the higher you go up that spiral, the lessons get a little bit more um, bigger to work through. And, and if you can move through them with trust in the divine, remembering that each of us are our divine energy having a human experience so all of us are divine we're all connected directly to to divine love working through us then then doubt just disappears because we we know this is the path i'm on and so again i go back to this idea that people have they want to make a leap they want to leap from 3d to 5d they want to leap from waking up and going straight into unconditional love and without understanding there is a process of moving up the spiritual spiral. You go up a step, test, does it work? Go up a step, test, go up a step, test. And then with each one of those testing to see if the, if the lesson got learned, then we go up another step. And so, Yes, we are collectively moving up this spiritual spiral much, much faster than we used to. There's still a process of experience, learning from experience, extracting the lesson, making sure we don't repeat it again. And then the more we experience that, the more we're able to move into trust. We learn how to trust ourselves because we start to understand that, that there are no mistakes. There are no failures. There are only opportunities for learning, and that um, that every step we take is perfect. And we learn how to listen to our own divine guidance, so that we make the choices that are best. Part of this is getting out of the right-wrong duality reality we've been living in, and instead of saying, "Oh, this is right" or "This is wrong," if we can move into what is best, is this what's best for me? Is this what's best for all concerned? And approach life from that perspective, then the answers become much more clear. Yes. So um, uh, I just want you to know, Kristen wrote, you make me cry. Thank you. <laughs> uh, okay, I have to share something with you. This is when I know that what I'm teaching is landing where it's supposed to be. I can tell when I give a presentation to an audience on stage, if there are people in the audience crying, I know, I, oh, I know my work is, is good. Oh, that's so beautiful. Well, I, I want to also ask you about 
your worldview because um, I've, I think everyone can wake up every morning and choose um, how they're going to experience a day. And you may fluctuate from up that spiral. You may be down, you may be up. But um, how do you recommend that people, when they go down <laughs> or, or something happens and it triggers a memory from down the spiral? Um, because we're, we're really in a time period where if you haven't cleared your triggers, they're going to be activated over and over again. If you have, then you get to get the bigger triggers or the deeper wounds or um, as, as um, things change, because we're all expanding consciousness and clearing. All of us are, right? So, so could you talk a little bit about your worldview or how people, if they played it like a game, would it be better for them? Or is it that they connect with their expanded self and then bring in that res those resources? What, what is it that you would recommend to people as far as um, tools, I guess, tools okay. in their toolkit? Okay. Yeah, you know, I um, one, we actually don't go down back okay. down the spiritual spiral. But what does happen is that we get stuck on a level. So when we first start going up the spiritual spiral, we're applying these our spiritual understanding to our story. And it feels like we're stuck, but it's because we're actually expanding. So if you think about this, the spiral staircase doesn't just go up like this. It actually goes up and out like a funnel. It gets wider and wider and wider the more we go up. So we might go up a step and stay there for a while. And... Um, and then everything that applies to that particular level is going to come up from below for us to process at that level. And we won't move up to the next step until we've done all the work at that particular level. So if it does sometimes feel like it's like, here I go again. Ugh, there's that thing coming up again. But it's coming up at a new level of understanding to know how to process it. And uh, in it, and it feels like there's no progress being made, but it's because you're still working on something at that level. So you won't necessarily go back down and have to come back up, but you might stay stuck at a level for a while until you finish doing the work at that level. So for me, I felt like there was one place I felt like I've stuck on the same level for about five years, but it's because I had some marriage relationship issues I needed to deal with. And so I wasn't moving up the spiritual spiral until I dealt with that particular circumstance. So it's important that people don't go into self-judgment about why they're not moving up faster because you're at the level that you're at because there are lessons there that need to be learned. And there are, are, are um, stories from the past that are coming up and surfacing so we can transmute them where we presently are. And as you move up the spiritual spiral, you might go up a, a level and that issue comes up again for you to work through it at a new level. So it's really, really important that we don't go into self-judgment about where we are and the, where we are in the process and not compare where we are in the process to anyone else. I think it's really also important that we don't compare our gifts to the gifts of other people. So 
you know, I'm, I'm kind of going back to, there was a little bit of envy, I guess, toward people that know how to bilocate people that, that go places in their dreams. I've never had that experience. So I was kind of going into some self-judgment of why don't I get to know how to, why don't I know how to bilocate? Why, why isn't that one of my gifts? And so it's really, really important that, that we don't judge our gifts against the gifts of others, because we all came in with a toolkit. We all came in with all the gifts and the resources we need to be able to build the life we came here to build and not compare your tools to the tools of someone else. You know, you might have a screwdriver because your life purpose is to tighten some things up. I have a hammer because my life purpose is just pound some things. <laughs> but we don't compare our tools and resources and gifts with each other. Learn to love the ones that you have. And as you learn to love the ones that you have, you will be given more or more will be shown to you. Because we all have them. We all actually have the capacity for all of these. But the ones that are intended to be a part of your life experience will be, they'll materialize. This is one of my new favorite words. Beyond manifestation is materialization. This is where the veil gets lifted that may, might be hiding these things from you. Uh, know that the gifts you are intended to have are there for you. So don't get into, into comparison with other people's gifts because you are exactly where you're intended to be. The gifts that you have are exactly the gifts that you were given to be of the service that you're here to be. It's really important that we take our eyes off ourselves and ask ourselves, how can I be of greater service? How can I serve? How can I serve? How can I serve the collective? When we start to take our eyes off of ourselves, that takes a lot of the pressure off. One, when you were asking about how do you get to trust, a lot of that is taking the pressure off of who we think we should be and um, the, the self-preservation that comes with fear. And when we put our eyes on how can I serve? How can I best serve? What is my purpose on the planet um, to be of service to humanity and all life on earth? And so it starts to take the eyes off of ourselves and um, it, it quiets the ego. So the ego no longer is, is in fear. Uh, other tools, of course, gratitude, gratitude and self-forgiveness are my favorite tools in the toolbox, you know, could wave a magic wand and change reality. But if we want to transmute and transform our story, the best way to do that is through gratitude and forgiveness. And I, right. The old, the oldest tools in the toolbox are still the best tools. Okay, so you mentioned about service to others, but I wanted to ask about self-love because a lot of what we're talking about by doing the transcendence process and reading your book and, and transcending fear is, is about loving yourself enough to want to have this incredible experience of life in an expanded way. So we we may be having this wonderful experience of life in a retracted way that does not allow us to be creative and enjoy it. But but with with your guidance here, we could really expand that experience. But in my in my knowing, I think self-love is part of this whole you have to choose you at some point 
And especially as women, we choose everybody else. We take care of everybody else, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, you're a mom. I'm a mom. I'm a grandma now. Um, <laughs> Again. Again. Yeah. I, I, I don't know how many times she's going to do that. But anyway. Um, <laughs> but um, all I'm saying is, could you talk a little bit about self-love? Because I really feel it's totally misunderstood. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, it, it's the, it's understanding the difference between self-love, which is love of the self, versus the arrogance of, oh, I love myself so much. They're two completely different things. And, you know, and I remember seeing something a few years ago, my husband, as I called him, who was like, oh, that woman loves herself so much. She, she keeps her son captive. I was like, this is actually a woman who wouldn't let her son, he was like 30 years old and she wouldn't let him leave the house. Wow. He's like, well, that is not self-love. That is, that is someone who is so afraid of life. They have no love for themselves. And so, you know, and then we see people who are arrogant and egotistical and that is not self-love. Those are people who don't genuinely love themselves and they are constantly looking for validation outside of themselves because they don't have that, that deep love for themselves. So self-love is loving the, the, the divine being that you are. And, um, and, and loving who you were created to be and have it, having such a beautiful loving relationship with yourself that when you give from this wholeness, your own holiness of who you know yourself to be, that when you give from that wholeness, you give from your overflow. So when you give from a full heart and you, you give to others, it never depletes one drop of you. So this is why we have to love ourselves first, fill ourselves up first, or, you know, put the mask on yourself first when you're flying in an airplane, not when you're going to the grocery store. <laughs> if we fill ourselves up and love who we are as divine love, having a human experience, love that divine wholeness that we are and give from that, then we don't overgive because we know how to love ourselves first. Self-honor, self-respect, self-forgiveness, self-awareness, self-consciousness, not to be confused with a person who's self-conscious, self-consciousness. When we, when, we, when we see everything through the eyes of the loving self first, then when we're of service to others, it's without attachments. It's without needing them to feed us back. So a lot of people um, overserve because they need they need to receive something in return to make them feel whole. Um, so even those as moms, part of it for me was about five years ago. I saw my teenagers with pacifiers in their mouths and realized that I was still over over mothering them. But I I, th I think there's there's a difference of being of service to others at our own expense and being of service to others because we have more than enough to give from our own full loving heart. So it doesn't deplete us when we give to others. It actually 
um, keeps that overflow. But we have to we have to first love ourselves and give from that love. Otherwise, if we're giving and overgiving, it ends up coming from resentment that other people don't appreciate us enough. Other people don't love us back enough. Um, other people aren't giving back as much as we give. Um, and so resentment is one of those fear-based beliefs I talk about. Right. And so we really have to go into this space of loving who we are, this divine being that we are. And then what happens as we do give, as we do serve, understanding there's a difference between service and servitude. Mm -hmm. So if we're giving from, I should give, or, or from over giving from resentment of not, not receiving back what we give and, and depletion that is servitude. Mm -hmm. When we give from a full heart and from our overflow, that is being of service. So I think it's really important that we take a look at as we're giving, are we giving from a position of servitude or are we giving from a position of service? Mm -hmm. Well, those, those feelings um, have to be recognized. And Absolutely. that's the other part of what uh, I think is happening with us waking up is we may have been kind of numbed out with um, reality and, and everything's in divine timing in my knowing. But, but this is um, when you feel something's off or you, you, um, you feel yourself not being in that heart space and giving and in the present moment. That's the other thing is if you're in the present moment, all there is is love and the expression of that. It may come in all different forms, correct? Mm -hmm. But but I, I think the feeling. So what about people that are just starting to wake up to their feelings? Like um, one of the people in our audience that said, Kristen said, you make me cry. Um, it's like a it's like an egg wake uh, breaking open. They're just starting to crack open to that. Um, I'd like, if you could talk about the feelings and the relinquishment, the feelings as a, so as a benefit rather than part of fear or pain. Right. Well, emotions are, oh, they're beautiful. They, you know, it's energy in motion. It's so all of us are energy. It's an energy being experienced as, as emotion. And one of the things I want to share with people as, as souls, one of the reasons we choose the human experience is because of the emotions. This particular design, the human design has a range of emotions greater than other beings. So we get to experience this, woo, the, the highs and the lows that come with being human. And when you start to have this awakening experience, you, you start to recognize your emotions that they're not, you're not just on a ship and you're being blown around on a ship. It's like, it's like you're now consciously on the ship and you're saying, wow, I'm feeling these emotions. They exist for a reason. And it's really important that you allow yourself to feel them. 
Because as you feel them, then you can work through them. You know, if, if you suddenly, if you're angry, allow yourself to feel the anger and the grief and the sorrow and the beauty and the love and the laughter and allow yourself to feel all those extremes that come with being human. What's great about the awakening experience is that you then get to learn how to manage them. And and you, you can feel the emotion and then you can consciously, because once you wake up, you start living your life more consciously. You go from living life in an unconscious fear-based reality to choosing to live your life in a conscious, more loving reality. And the more of us that choose love, that's how we create an entire planet that's love-based, but we have to choose it first, is then consciously looking at the emotions and asking ourselves, why am I feeling this? What's in it for me? Why, why am I experiencing this? And how can I manage this emotion rather than stuffing it down? So part of people saying, well, my childhood doesn't bother me anymore. I, I stuffed it down so it doesn't bother me anymore. But it's coming back up again for us to resolve it, to learn the lessons from it. And as we bring our stories up to look at, they can cause a full range of emotions. They can cause anger. And um, initially, a, 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 initially, as you start to remember those experiences, you might feel all of the fear-based um, reactions that go with them of, of blame and victimization and anger and resentment. And you know what? That's okay to feel those and then ask yourself, how can I see this through the eyes of love? How can I see this through the eyes of love? And you start to take your, you know, because your heart's being cracked open and you're able to really feel things for the first time and see things in a way you couldn't see things before. It's like the veil has been lifted and you're suddenly seeing things that you either didn't know existed or that you forgot existed. Allow yourself to feel those emotions because you're feeling them because there's something in there for you to learn. And so you can ask yourself, how is this for me? And how can I use these emotions to transmute what's underlying in this story so that I no longer have any attachments to the suffering of the story? How can I see this through the eyes of love? And you, you had asked me earlier about the worldview. And it, it comes back to how can I see what's happening in the world through the eyes of love? How is this happening for me? How is this happening for humanity? And when we can change our perspective and ask how does this best serve me? How is this happening for me? How did this painful experience help make me a better person? And with genuine curiosity, genuine curiosity, why am I experiencing this emotion? Why am I having this experience? How can I use this to serve a, a better personal experience and collective experience? I think it's really important that people approach all of this through the... Mm, I'm being reminded of the words of Yeshua, be like unto a child. If we can go into these experiences and these emotions and actually look at them through the curiosity and the wonderment of a child and, and look at our, all of our emotions and our experiences through 
that curious, that spiritual curiosity of how is this serving me? What are the lessons I can learn from it? How can I manage my emotions? And, and you know, allow yourself to feel them. I got to tell you, Kathy, back in 2012, when I wrote that first edition of Transcending Fear and I was going through my own personal process, I had full on sobbing on the floor like a two-year-old. Anger just like boiling up inside of me and then a really good hard cry that transmuted it into nothing. And so it's really important that we allow ourselves to allow ourselves to cry because crying is one of the best things we can do. It actually, it, it's a one way of bringing up all of those stuck emotions and then purging them. Perfect. Yes. So some people might go through their purging process in a scenario that looks more like the flu. Um, you might purge coming out both ends. So <laughs> Personally, I prefer crying. <laughs> it's a nasty headache, but it's a lot, uh, it's a much easier way to purge the old stuff from my system than having the Ascension flu. <laughs> oh, oh my gosh. Well, um, I, I know you work with an angelic team and that you, um, I don't, is it okay to say that you're an Elohim? Sure. Okay, so, and I would love, um, we have a, a little bit of time um, to talk a little bit about what you see because of your access point to the, the divine in a different way than a lot of us have. Um, could you talk a little bit about the bless, well, I'm, I'm putting a positive spin on it, so I shouldn't, but the blessings that are on our way um, for this time period, because there's so much um, in, in the ethers about this changing time mm -hmm. that isn't giving people the same message that you are, or that I hope, hopefully am, that we're just almost there. We're almost to a different, um, capability of living in peace and living in peace within ourselves and then expanding that out. And your work, I mean, this book is so fundamental for people. Um, I'm sorry, you can't see the title. There you go. Um, Transcending Fear. Transcending <laughs> Fear. And it's on Victoria's, uh, it's on her website and I'll put the link. The link has been shown and I'll put it also in the description again. But I think everyone, no matter where they are in their journey, would benefit from reading your book. And then there's something about the energy in all of this that is a transmission as well, as, as far as I can see. But could you give us um, from what you're getting, because you, you're, um, you, I think your access point is, is really going to help a lot of people um, love what's happening rather than be frightened of what's happening. Yeah, we're actually in the process of creating parallel realities. And the the more of us who focus on the love-based ascension betterment of humanity reality that's being created, the the sooner we actually create it. So part of the issue I'm seeing is that that too many people who are 
awake, or I should say aware of the corruption are focusing on everything that's wrong with the world. We create what we focus on. So the more people who focus on what's wrong with the world and the, the technology that's attempting to control humanity, the systems that are all corrupt, the beings on the planet who are driving this corruption and the reality they seek to create. Um, the more people focus on that, they actually create it. Right. So it's really, really, really vital important that we say, ah, I see what's going on over there and I'm going to take all of my focus and put it over here on the parallel reality we're creating, which is all love, which is humanity lets go of competition and we're all in cooperation instead. We let go of the idea that we have to have jobs in order to survive. That's literally jobs really are just overbroke. I remember hearing that years ago, but it's really about just fear and survival. It's just enough to survive. Um, we're moving past that in this reality. We're creating everyone thrives because everything in the universe is created to thrive. God doesn't create a tree to die. God creates trees to thrive and prosper. And the same thing with humanity. We are intended to have environments where we mutually support each other, not because we have to, but because we choose to. We make choices to have peace on earth because we choose peace on earth because we found peace within ourselves and we want that for everyone else. We create this love-based reality because we found love within ourselves and we want it for everyone else. This is what Yeshua meant. I always go back to him because he's the master teacher I I grew up with. I don't know much about the other master teachers, but this is what he was saying that heaven is in, heaven is in our hands. We actually create it within our own hands and hearts. And, and we all have that that capacity for peace on earth and heaven on earth as we, as enough of us find it within ourselves. Right. And, and so in order to find that peace and that love within ourselves, we must take our eyes off of everything that's wrong with the world right. Right. and focus on everything that's right and going in the direction, take our focus off problems and put it on solutions yep. to yep. recognize that problems exist. But as long as we focus on the problems, the problems won't go away. Problems That's don't magically and mysteriously go away. They grow because our energy focuses on them. Right. So recognize the issues become the solution. And the more of us that focus on the solution, the sooner we will create the reality we seek. It actually already exists. It just wants to be birthed through us. It just needs enough of us to raise our vibration up enough to unveil it. That's right. Well, to be a match because it's already there. It already exists. Right. It's, it's more, I think it's almost like peeling the onion. It's that we have to keep peeling off these layers that are not a match to that frequency until it's so self-evident. And I also think that as you do this more clearing, clearing, clearing work, it your perspective of what's possible, your creative um, uh, solution problem solving um, uh, skills are amped up because you're not looking at it from this possibility. So you're looking at it with 
well, we could do this or this, just like what you you've done with your life and transformed your life. I'm, I'm, I mean, you guys, you got to read the book. <laughs> you, you, oh, and that doesn't even touch where I'm going. <laughs> oh, no. well, yeah, and you got to read the book, go to um, Victoria's website and sign up. So yeah, how is the best way for them to um, keep following what you're doing on your on your new adventure and um, follow you? Well, you can go to victoriareynolds.com. Uh, I do have a free gift there. I'm in the right in the middle. I, I create a new free gift every couple of years. And I'm in the process of creating a, a new free gift. Uh, but there is a free gift there for people who go. Um, and then when you get your free gift, it also signs you up for my weekly or so newsletter. And I have to laugh because it's probably been about a month since I've <laughs> Or so. <laughs> and it's always an inspirational newsletter. I don't do really annoying sales pitches. I know they're supposed to be the way to sell stuff, but I want to inspire people, not sell them stuff. And so my newsletters are always very inspiring. They There's a, a paragraph that talks about where I've been and what I'm up to and then and whatever spirit's asking me to inspire humanity with. And, and then it, any new episodes on my YouTube channel. I also have a YouTube channel. Again, I haven't done a lot of episodes on there recently because as you know, I sold my home and I've been living my life in complete trust and i've been a nomad it's since fantastic. august so it's hence the hotel bedroom backdrop behind <laughs> me i'm traveling again and then just going where spirit asks me to go um, my youtube channel is going through a a transition but i have some really really great interviews on there with other teachers insights that i have that um, okay, show some shows I've done with you, Kathy. It's all kinds of just good stuff on there. Um, um, that's not just my own teaching, but other conversations I've had with other people. Well, what I want to compliment you on, and I hope that anyone that is watching this will share this with others, is Victoria has a way to make these spiritual concepts uh, easy to understand. And um, they kind of land with you in a different way. Just as you saw, I asked a question and she was able to totally, totally. Um, in fact, I'll probably watch this again <laughs> um, to catch it all. But but what you have a, a fabulous way of bringing the audience along with you to feel and to experience the divine. And so I want to thank you so much for your work and bless you and um, and tell you how much I appreciate you as a friend and colleague and can't wait to see what all we're going to do next. I know. Well, I'll come and see you this summer and, yeah. and once it gets warm and there's no snow, I'll come visit you. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, it's time for us to sign off, but thanks you guys. Please, please share this. Know you're empowered beyond what you have any concept of. And uh, read this book and you'll get a better feel for all of the ways that you can transmute um, anything that's in your way of being the divine being that you are. Yes. Thank you. Thank you, dear. Thank you. Bye-bye, everyone. <laughs>